the first time i heard about uh, the sunk cost fallacy i felt like quitting every crap i was doing back then to be honest it felt like i was in this never ending journey and the things that i dread kept repeating itself like the groundhog day properly but that was a few years ago and yes i quit i quit what i was doing back then welcome to pen positive outclass this is vinod narayan thanks for tuning in what you're listening to is a journal of an active learner i do this podcast daily as part of my active learning exercise i write about something every day and then about uh, in the evening i create a podcast out of it uh, and that's that's my process content creation podcasting or video everything is part of my active learning exercise you want to be part of an active learning community or you want to be an active learner head on to penpositive.com and join there and today i'm going to talk about the confessions of a of a quitter there was a seven year period in my life where i felt this this would never end i would uh, daily wake up to another dreadful day just pulling through it people might ask then why did it take so long why did you do it for such a long time and i i honestly would not have an answer for that but i can tell you one thing if i had not quit back then i would still be continuing that and if as of today i would be in <laughs> i would have in that process wasted 17 years of my precious life did i climb mount everest after i quit <laughs> no i might not have done anything of significant greatness but yes and now do i have a friend who has climbed uh, mount everest but that is not because i quit that or i don't know maybe maybe when i quit that part of life or i quit what i was doing at that point of time it gave me the opportunity to connect with a lot of people that i wouldn't have otherwise quit i mean otherwise connected and this friend of mine he he uh, climbed mount everest with uh, with only one hand and uh, let me give a shout out to my friend uh, gary guller who happens to be the first person to scale mount everest with one hand since i quit uh, that what i was doing i mean that was i was thinking through it and then one fine day i quit i said enough is enough uh i went through a lot of transformation it has been very transformational for me uh that that quitting and i know i'm a big quitter because i don't think our life and our time is worth doing things that don't seem promising i'm not saying about quitting a job because uh, that's another session i want to talk about because what meaningful means meaningful means if something pays and because of that you're making a living you're doing something different so i think that's meaningful irrespective of what you do um there's a there's a we we all i i've probably spoken about it in my podcast itself that uh, we have to do meaningful work but i i'm keeping that for another day because there's a lot to talk about meaningful work um uh, i'm primarily talking about quitting things that you do that don't pay you and that don't add value in your life even books and movies for that matter um i think you can quit midway when you don't see a point proceeding with the next few hours watching the movie uh or reading the book 
I mean, it's your life, not anyone else's. And the time is more precious. I mean, it's we have, should feel our time to be more precious. We have been raised to tell that quitters don't win, and that if you feel like quitting, you should try harder. But knowing when to quit is so important nowadays. And this is where the sunk cost fallacy becomes our kind of a death warrant. We will look back at the time, effort, money that we spend on something. And uh, this can be the company that we work for. It can be a business that we run. It can be an activity that we have been doing for quite a long time. It might be a dream that we have been chasing for so long. It might be a relationship that we are in. We'll never quit because we keep thinking how much we have invested into it. And this thought, in a way, disables our single chance to think differently. Our single chance to see all the opportunities that are left there for us. When I quit what I was doing for seven years, I felt uh, free. And then, yes, I had to pick up my life from literally negative, not even zero, just negative. It was not easy doing something like that at an age when people are talking about settling down and see themselves are kind of set in life. I think it's very difficult to start from that point. If I was not a quitter, I would still be struggling and still be unhappy because that's who I am. And and that that's what would happen because I cannot change who I am. Today, am I happy? Yes. Do I see life ahead in a positive way? Yes. Do I have fears about the future? Well, yes. Do I have my struggles? Yes, again. Am I all set for life financially? Absolutely not. Do I have confusions about life? Yes, I do. Do I have bouts of depression? Oh, yes. Even today I have things I would want to quit but cannot. But the point is I'm able to find peace with it. Make that a part of who I am. I think the point is I'm not stuck for long durations nowadays. I'm moving. I have my ups and downs, good and bad days. And yes, I'm a quitter. I know that for sure. But I'm also an unstucker, if there's a word like that. I help people getting unstuck. I help myself getting unstuck, not people. Because whenever I feel I cannot move, I cannot think, I'm kind of stuck. Um, I have this process of getting unstuck. I think, I think that's what I do. So today, when I was uh, when I was thinking about this particular uh, topic, and I was saying, you know, one of the other transformational activity that has happened in my life is reading poems. And when I uh, started this podcast, and I think a few podcasts, I used to read a poem every time I finish uh, my podcast. And then I stopped. I went into a new, uh, uh, new way of doing podcasts, and I didn't. I did not read poems. There was two or three emails that came to me asking me why I did not. Uh, I did, why I did. I'm not uh, reading poems, and so I thought. For the next 30 days, I want to read a poem at the end of this podcast. With, if you like it, listen to it. And I am anyway planning to read for the next 30 days, one poem every day. And I thought maybe a small poem, uh, but um, I want to see what change that's going to do in my life. Maybe it would make some difference in your life too. So today I thought uh, uh, I'll, I'll read a poem by Louis Simpson. And uh, 
he was awarded the Pulitzer Prize for Poetry in 1964. So it's a very short poem. So I'm going to read one poem and if we have time, I'll read another one too. This is called Sensibility. Her face turned sore. It broke into tears. She wept. She wept. The streams were wide and deep. Wide and deep were the dreams. Sorry. Wide and deep were the streams of time that were flowing towards me. Neither she nor I could control the flow of her tears. And so in the middle of summer, this tender girl and I were married in rainwater. And there's another one I'm going to read. I'm going to read that too. Uh, it's called uh, Cynthia. But his family all wore black. And besides, Cynthia doesn't speak Belgian. So she returned to America and had an abortion. And the doctor, the abortionist, go on, continue. After an abortion, you know, there's a fear of anything coming in. Now she lives in the fear of the mafia and keeps her door on the chain. That's that's the poem Cynthia. Those were two poems, Sensibility and Cynthia by Louis Simpson. And every day after my daily podcast, I will read you a poem or two poems because I think I want to see what difference it would make to people's life if I read a poem every day. You guys take care. I'll see you all tomorrow. Be content, be pen positive, stay safe and please, please be kind. Thank you.